You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Good morning, Kingsway. Happy Father's Day. Happy Dollar Club Sunday. What a great day it is, and we are so excited to celebrate Father's Day with you. My name is Andy Lynch. I'm the Connections Pastor. I thought that I'd wear my purple shirt so that you'd recognize me. Um, But I'm excited to share some stories with you today. That's what fathers do. That's what grandfathers do, right? They get out the Bible and they read the stories to the kids at night or perhaps around the campfire they tell stories. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're just going to tell stories about my dad, my brother, and my grandpa in particular. And it all started a Tuesday in March, seven years ago. I had gotten home from work and I was At the kitchen table, happened to look down and see a call was coming in from my dad from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was living in Ohio, and so I swiped at my phone to try and get the call, but I just missed it. And so I waited. It was weird, I thought, that they would be calling on a Tuesday night so late. We connect every Sunday. We've done it since college. A phone call, now a Zoom conversation, and we get a chance to talk with one another. And and so Tuesday was weird. And since this isn't a message about patience... I can tell you that I did call back pretty quickly. I didn't wait for the voicemail to come through. And I said, hey, what's up? What's going on? And he said, we got a call from Atlanta, a call that I knew would be coming at some point. We just didn't know when. We didn't know if it would be before or after this person passed away. But the call, my dad said, was from Georgia that grandpa was dying. And so what do you do in those moments when you get that phone call? When you have a busy week planned, this was our big boys basketball state championship week in Ohio. We'd go down to Columbus to the Ohio State University. I had to get it in there. Pastor Matt's not here, but we got to have a Buckeye reference. I lived in Ohio for several years, but I'm not wearing scarlet and gray. So there you go. But we were excited to cover three local teams. And you Hoosiers get it. It's basketball. It's the tournament. This is our big time as a broadcaster. And I was the lead of my team at a TV station in Lima, Ohio, and we were excited to do preview stories and broadcast the state semifinals on TV and then bring home some championships with our local teams. And so that's what's going through my head as my dad's telling me this stuff. And he said, I think I want to go down and, and see him one more time before he dies, 93 years old. Been a while since my dad had seen him because my grandpa would come in and out of my family's life our entire life, really. My dad didn't know grandpa, his dad, until he was an elementary student when grandpa came to his door and said hi. My dad didn't even recognize him. I didn't get a chance to meet him till I was 14 or 15 years old. My mom's parents had died before I was born, old enough to meet them, and so I only had a grandma. And so I was so excited when he called one day from Georgia and said, I'm gonna come visit. And he pulled in the driveway, and I was so excited, and this big, tall, awkward guy, I know that's hard to imagine looking at me now, but this big, tall, awkward guy went and hugged his grandpa, and life was good. I was willing to pause anything in life to connect with that man, and so as my dad was processing through all this, he said, I think I'm going to go down, and I knew that he was asking me, will you go down too? Will you fly out of Ohio to Georgia to meet me, and I Like we do as Christians many times, there's a situation where we can step in, we can take action, we can pause our life, we can press pause on what we're doing for someone who needs us. Would I do that in this situation? 
And when we don't want to do that, even though we might know God is asking us to do that, what do we do? We say, I'll pray for you. And we do, we might pray for them, we might forget. But that's what I said and I hung up the phone and I went to bed that night and I don't know about you, but how many times when you go to bed and God is prompting you to do something or you just know, it's not even, it might not even be God, you just know you should do something for somebody. I think it's probably God, but, but for argument's sake, maybe it's not. What do you do? You can't sleep, right? And so there I did, toss and turn. I had an early Wednesday morning and I just couldn't get to sleep. And, and, and over and over again, I'm like, God, I need to sleep. I can get up tomorrow morning. I can't go. And these two questions came to my mind. And I love how God does that so many times. He'll bring these thoughts to our mind and to our hearts. And the first question was more of a statement. Andy, you're a journalist. I'd been in TV uh, at the end of my career, 17 years at that point, you know, about 10. And Andy, you're a journalist. Don't you want to know the end of your grandpa's story? A man that has walked away from your family so many times. Don't you want to see him one more time? One time I wrote him a letter after we got married. And I said, Grandpa, you know, I'm so excited to share with you because after a while, he had actually moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he bought a condo, and we'd have breakfast. A teenager in high school, I got to have breakfast with my grandpa at King's. It was a big breakfast. It was big pancakes at King's Family Restaurants. Anyone who's been through Pittsburgh may have stopped there. Oh, it was good. You got bacon and you got sausage and you got toast and I would order a large chocolate milk that would come with my meal because it needed to be nice and cold while I feasted on the hash browns and the pancakes and the butter. Oh, it was good. We do it every week. I would miss that because one time we called and he didn't answer. And a few weeks later, we hadn't heard from him so we drove 15 minutes to his condo and there was a for sale sign in the yard because grandpa had always walked away. We don't know why. Connection was hard for him. And because of it, grandpa lived a very lonely life. But I loved him because we had a special connection, even though time and time again, he would say, no. Like when I wrote him that letter I just talked about, told him I was married. We had talked about girls growing up in sports and all, he was a Braves fan, but we'll forgive him for that. And I wanted to let him know I got married. And he said, I'm excited. I'm happy for you. Here's $100. Never write me again. Maybe Father's Day feels like that to you today. You got a dad that's gone. You got a broken relationship. You have a husband that's gone, a broken relationship. I feel you and God feels you. In that moment, I needed to say, did I want to know the end of the story? And then the second question, as I was wrestling that night with God, was the reason I went. Andy, what if your dad goes to your grandpa's hospital room, opens the door, grandpa sees him and says, no, get out. He can't face that rejection alone. And so the next morning I woke up and I called my brother in Texas Hadn't seen him for a while. And I said, hey, here's what's going on. I think I'm going to fly down out of date and I'm going to pause my super important life covering the state basketball tournament, which for me was the pinnacle. I was going to pause to connect with my dad. And I invited my brother to come along and he did, my grandpa, so we could see him one more time. 
Grandpa was a selfish man as well as a man that ran away. Um, in his will, he put the words, I have a son in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He gets nothing. Grandpa was a self-made man, a millionaire, had plenty of resources, lived a single life after he had divorced my grandma. He had it all and he wasn't giving it to his son. Also in the will, it said, I might have kids in Italy from when he served in the war. That was news to us. And then immediately I thought, maybe there's little Italian me's running around somewhere. And now, you know, 41-year-old me's or somewhere in that range that are my cousins that are Italian. Wouldn't that be kind of cool and interesting? Who knows? We'll have to check out Ancestry.com for that. But I didn't want to be like Grandpa. I didn't want to die alone. I wanted connection. And so who do I look to to learn about connection? Well, the greatest man that ever walked the earth. And who knows a lot about connection, of course, that's Jesus. And he would pause to connect with others all the time. Think about it. We got four gospels, four stories that tell about his life. And there's many more that, that the Bible says are not written. So there's so much. And what would Jesus do in most of those stories? One of two things. He would connect with his father or he would connect with others. That's why connect is one of our core actions. We talk about in the core series all the time. If you're checking out Kingsway, come visit us in the core series, 11 a.m. We're doing it through Zoom in June, the first, second, and third Sunday of each month. We'll see what July holds. Uh, but we wanna know you. We wanna get to know you and, and share Kingsway with you. But that's why it's a core action. And, and, and it's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, go ahead and follow along if you got your Bible with you. If not, it's right there. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Love God, right? Connect with God. And then as we go along, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus paused to connect with others. And as I was thinking about it this week, you know, God is love. Love really is connection. How do we show love to our family members? How do we, I show love to my wife by connecting with her, by listening, by sharing experiences together. And so if God is love and love is shown through connection, then isn't God about connection? I know we don't normally do math in church. I didn't go to Bible college, so I did a little math. And the transitive property tells me that that is exactly it. God and Jesus through God they're both God. They pause to connect with others. Think about it. Jesus paused his partying to meet the needs of his mom. She said, make the wine, do whatever you need to. And so his first miracle was making water into wine. He paused with Mary and invited Martha to do the same. Pastor Matt talked about that just a couple weeks ago. Jesus paused his time with adults and said, let the little children come to me. He loved everybody. He paused his ministry on the ground level to take Peter, James, and John up the mountain to experience God's glory. He paused in the night to talk with Nicodemus, a Pharisee who was seeking, so the highest of the high. He paused his walk on the sea to call Peter out and allow Peter to walk on the water and his disciples to learn a very valuable faith lesson. He paused when the bleeding woman tugged on his tunic. 
everything made him pause, everything being people. And one of my favorite pauses is the story of Zacchaeus. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Zacchaeus. Maybe you grew up like me in Sunday school and you grew up singing the song about the wee little man, Zacchaeus. So we know he's short. You know, we we turn to Matthew 10, giving us some details. He was short. He was hated because he's a tax collector, which means he would steal from his compatriots. He was a bully. He'd take extra if he knew he could twist their arm just enough. He would abuse the poor because he had the power and he took that money for himself. It says he was a wealthy man. He was a crook. And Jesus had a plan. He was on his way to Jerusalem, was passing through Jericho. I love that phrase that's just thrown in there because that's where our story takes place. Did Jesus intend to make a rest stop in Jericho? I always wonder that. We don't know, but we do see him take an intentional pause. Take a look at Matthew 19, uh, verses three through five. Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree. I love the detail to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way, look at this. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down here immediately. I must stay at your house today. Did you notice that? The spot. There was a spot that Jesus reached where he paused and he looked up and it changed everything as we see as we continue reading. Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people, this was, this was a ruckus. I'm gonna use the word ruckus today. This was a ruckus. There's a band called Rapture Ruckus, awesome Christian band. Didn't last very long, but I loved them. I know all those obscure Christian bands. Anyhow, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. That's what was causing the ruckus. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to the house because This man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. You know what I realized? Jericho, we saw some walls fall. Remember Joshua marching around the walls of Jericho and the walls, they came tumbling down, the old spiritual. The walls came tumbling down in Zacchaeus' heart when he encountered Jesus. And maybe today, Your walls are up high. You don't want to connect with anybody because maybe they would know the truth. They would know what you're holding on to. They'd know the real you. Maybe you need Jesus to come into your life so that that wall can come down so you don't have to be lonely. You don't have to be isolated in this season that we're coming out of of isolation is today the walls come down. I love Zacchaeus. And I love how he invited Jesus to his home because that's exactly where we were going, my grandpa's home. Albeit it was only his home for less than a week, it was a hospice facility. And so my dad, my brother and I all arrived in Atlanta in this airport, this giant international airport. And we're a basketball family. I went to Syracuse. They were good for a year with Carmelo Anthony and okay the rest of the time. My brother went to Michigan State. My dad went to North Carolina. College basketball royalty in our families. 
And here the NCAA tournament was starting that very night that we were arriving in Atlanta. And wouldn't you know, two weeks later, the final four was going to be hosted right there in Atlanta. And so it felt like a movie. A father, two sons, hadn't been together in years, climbing this giant escalator in the airport with banners all around for basketball. And we were going to see our dying grandpa. We got to the hospice facility and... and Went in the door and grandpa, six feet tall, maybe down to 100 pounds, his wrists were like that. We didn't know what to do. He looked dead laying on the bed. So we just sat there. We paused our lives for an hour until he woke up. He hadn't been eating. He was sick. He was dying. And he started grabbing for the railing on the bed. And so we figured he just wanted propped up so he could see us better. And we'd all watch the Looney Tunes cartoons. I was talking with a family recently that their kids have adopted the Looney Tunes. And you might remember when the character's in the hospital bed and someone hits the button and it gets all contorted and twisted around. And you could tell all three of us were silently thinking, who's going to press that button? <laughs> who's going to do it? My brother was closest to the button, and so we silently, with our eyes, nominated him because connection doesn't just mean words. It means body language. It means love given through gestures and words as well. And so he went around and he tentatively pressed the button and the bed slowly lifted and we all breathed a sigh of relief. And grandpa got propped up, but he kept reaching through the bar and kept reaching through the bar and grabbed my hand. And I looked down at that 93-year-old hand that had been through wars and had lived a selfish life and had seen things that I don't even know. But he wanted connection. Just like my little girl, Anna, who 24 hours earlier had held her strong little hands up and said, Daddy, hold me. And so I held on. And that moment was worth pausing everything because I was connecting with my grandpa one more time. We told him we forgive him for all the moments that didn't happen because he walked away. We told him God forgave him and talked through the gospel and how it's never too late to turn to Jesus. And maybe he did earlier in his life. We don't know. It didn't look like it, but who are we to judge? But we gave him another opportunity to accept the love of Jesus into his life. He couldn't talk, so we don't know how he responded, but he looked at me and he looked at my brother and he looked at my dad and he connected with each one of us in such an intimate way that we felt like we had such a victory that day. It didn't matter who won the games that night and we watched them. We celebrated eating barbecue, guys. Wiffle grill, it's coming. Wiffle grill, there's meat. We celebrated that night. The next day would be different. It would be a 180. Everything would change in a night's time. And as I was thinking through that, maybe that's how Thomas felt. You remember Thomas? Thomas is the guy that wasn't there when Jesus, after he raised from the dead, appeared before at that point the 10 disciples. Judas was gone, so there were 10. But the text says Thomas wasn't there. In this day and age, did you wonder what that group text in your life group looks like? Hey, 
Hey, hey, Thomas, we missed you. Everything okay? Yeah, guys, sorry, got busy, couldn't make it. Anything happen in group that night? Oh, you know, Jesus showed up. He appeared through a locked door. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> you know, I love groups, and we can, we can joke like that. We have a guy's text that we joke all the time, and it's good to joke, but we never shame. I don't want you to ever feel like you will be that person. You will be pushed out because you are not accepted in a group. We have groups of all ages. We have men's groups, women's groups, couples groups. We have so many opportunities because we all need connection. We so desperately need to be with one another. If you feel like you can't because you walked away, if you feel like you're too introverted, I'm, I'm an introvert, believe it or not, at heart. I, I love people, but I need to go and be myself and be introverted. If you ever think, no, I can't do it, look at what Jesus did. Look at how he responded to Thomas. That one time when Thomas was told, yeah, he was here, Jesus was here, and Thomas said, I won't believe till I feel the, the holes in his hands. I won't believe till I feel the, the opening in his side. Look at what Jesus did. Such a beautiful story of redemption. A week later, it says in John 20, so a week had passed since Jesus had appeared. His disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Look at this. It's time to redeem the story. Though the doors were locked. Do you notice that? The doors were locked. Isn't Jesus great? He's going to recreate the entire thing. He's not going to knock this time. He's not going to make sure the door's left unlocked this time. He is going to recreate it so that Thomas gets to experience exactly what the disciples experienced. And so he, he came in, passing through the locked door. And then look where he looks. He says, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, oh, that's redemption. He doesn't make small talk and skirt around the issue of conversation, Jesus goes right to Thomas and says, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. And look at what Thomas says. He doesn't look shameful at all. My Lord and my God. And Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Before this encounter with Jesus, I wonder where Thomas was. I wonder, was he working? Guys, we do it, right? We go and work. Oh, life's hard. Oh, I had a, a fight with my wife. Oh, I gotta go work. You know, I'm good at that. I can get through that. I can accomplish something. We wanna accomplish something. Oh, there's all this stress over here. I just, I'm just gonna go work. I'm gonna get away. Maybe he was doing that. Maybe he was doing something selfless. Maybe he was visiting somebody in need. Maybe he was getting food and, Drinks for the guys. Do you wonder if he was doubting? Do you wonder if he knew he'd be famous someday and not in a great way? That he would know his nickname and anyone who doesn't believe their nickname would be Doubting Thomas? Oh, but Jesus, but Jesus, he redeemed him. He brought him back. And that's what our groups want to do. They wanna bring you back. If you've been estranged, if you don't have a group, they wanna bring you in because life is so much richer when you're doing it with people. It's so beautiful. So it was a 180 for Thomas, but Jesus completed the story. Jesus always completes the story. And so if in the middle of your story right now, you feel lost, you feel like God's let you down, Jesus is still working. Don't give up. 
He's not giving up. So you don't give up. We got to my grandpa's room Friday morning. He was breathing like this. <gasps> and then he wouldn't breathe for 20 seconds. And the nurse said he's making his way. He's dying. The day before, we had shown pictures on our phones, my brother and I, of our kids and our life and our families. And So Thursday night, I asked my wife, Leah, to just record a quick message with my kids. They were two and three years old at the time. Two kids that grandpa didn't know about, had never seen, and had never met. Take a look. All right, Nathan, can you say hi to great-grandpa? Hi, great-grandpa. Can you wave to him? Anna, can you say hi? Can you blow him a kiss? Good job, Nathan. Can you blow great-grandpa a kiss? Can you say, we love you? We love you very much. Okay, can you tell him goodbye? Bye. Goodbye. Wave to him. Say bye. Bye. All right, Anna, can you say bye? Bye. Love those kids. We showed it to them this week, and they were, they were laughing at their young selves. Grandpa watched that video once, and he kind of motioned to see it again, and so we played it again. And as it ended the second time, his eyes closed. And an hour later, Grandpa died. The last thing his eyes saw were two little kids connecting with him, my son telling him, I love you, great-grandpa. My kids saying, bye. I am so glad that I had a chance to connect one more time with grandpa. I'm so glad that I was able to offer forgiveness for all it could have been. I'm so thankful that I was with my brother and my dad on a beautiful, joyful, sorrowful two days. Forgiveness frees us, friends. Maybe you're holding on to something, and we'll talk about this more in the podcast. And you just can't forgive. And maybe that's stopping you from connecting. Hear my heart as your connections pastor. Find somebody. Find one person to connect one-on-one with and read the Bible. Find two other people. A cord of three strands is not easily broken that you can meet with. I pause my sleep every Monday. I get up early and I meet with two guys and we go through a book and we pray and we talk. And my life needs that. Yours does too. Connect in a group. There are so many opportunities. And so I am here to help you do that. I'm so glad that I press pause on my busy life to connect. Will you do that too? Do you have someone you need to connect with that needs you? On this Father's Day weekend, we all pause together. We pause to say thanks to our dads, to our grandpas, to the men in our lives. But we have the best father ever. And he loves us with an unconditional, undying love. 
Will you press pause for him? He is ready to restore whatever is between you two. He is ready to have a relationship. Let's pray. Our Father, happy Father's Day, God. I had a great dad. I have a great father-in-law. But you are the best. You are the example for how to live life, God. You are just and you are holy and you are perfect and you are loving and you are everything that I could ever need. And you are light and I love to live in your light. And so God, on this very day, I thank you that you are my father. And I pray for everyone that is watching this that they would know they have a father in heaven that loves them, that sent a son to die so that they could have a relationship with you forever. God, help us to lay down those things that are between us. We confess our sins and we know that you are faithful and you are righteous and you will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so God, we begin that connection with you. We ask for your forgiveness. God, help us to connect with others. Help us to reach out to others. May your light shine. Happy Father's Day, God. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.